Alright and welcome into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass Instant Reaction Podcast. Rick Butler, Ryan Shumpert here with you. About to break down this 40-13 win here in Death Valley. Number 8 Tennessee beats number 25 LSU again 40-13. Ryan, there's a lot to talk about with this game, but I just kind of want to start with the environment, the atmosphere. Number one, I think LSU is a phenomenal place to play. It's a phenomenal place to be. But really for a, what is this, for a second big road travel, Tennessee fans packed the house and they were loud all night. They were here all weekend. And certainly by the end of the game, they were wanting to celebrate this game with the team. They were. I mean, I think you look at the two trips Tennessee's had this year. Pittsburgh won, you know, Tennessee probably not going to make again in a long time. And LSU won that they haven't made in a long time. It's been since 2010. Here's a little fun fact for you that... It hit me, uh, hit me hard today. I was in elementary school the last <laughs> time Tennessee played in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Obviously, I think most people remember that game well. The infamous 13 men on the field. But you're right. Uh, Tennessee fans took over. They were they were loud from the jump, and they had a lot to be loud about from the jump. And by the end of the third quarter, the purple and gold had just about all emptied out of Tiger Stadium, and there weren't many Tennessee fans that wanted to leave. Uh, 30 minutes after the game was over. So uh, a huge win for Tennessee, and certainly I think a, an afternoon that Tennessee fans have been waiting for for a long, long time. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, coming into this game, I think we talked about it on the on the Press Pass podcast, but we kind of talked about how this was really the beginning of the gauntlet that's coming up. It, it, the gauntlet that is LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, whatever order that might be, and really Tennessee entering this stretch four and zero had a lot to had a lot to kind of prove for why they why they were a top ten team and why they deserve to be a top ten team. I think some of those you know some of the naysayers out there might have been looking at Tennessee and they might have said, okay, well Pittsburgh fell out of the top twenty five, Florida fell out of the top twenty five. Can you do it for a third time? Can you get to five and zero? That's what Tennessee was able to do with the win today. And yeah, and they did it in dominating fashion too. I mean, they left no doubt from the very first whistle in Tennessee. Or LSU muffs the opening punt of the, or opening kick of the game, and Tennessee recovers it and scored five plays later. You know, Tennessee led less than a minute and thirty seconds into the game, and they didn't look back. They led the whole entire game. And you're right, it was a dominating performance. And I think a lot of, you know, and it is a lot of reason Tennessee had been ranked high. Is this year is. After the top couple teams in the country, probably top three, maybe four teams in the country, there's a pretty big drop-off. There's not a lot of second, really good second-tier teams like we see in a lot of years. And that doesn't mean Tennessee didn't deserve to be you know number eight team in the country, but I think that played a big part in the Tennessee sure. being number eight team in the country. I think Tennessee came out and showed tonight that they are one of those second-tier teams. And when you look at what Alabama, what Georgia, and what Ohio State has, and then I think everybody would agree those are the three best teams in the country after that. I think Tennessee proved tonight that they are just as good as anybody else in the nation, and they'll get their crack at two of those teams in the top three here in the next month. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with the schedule that is coming up, but just kind of sticking with this game, Ryan, we talked about this in the in the Rocky Top Insider Insta Reaction Show, which is live on YouTube once you're listening to this. And, and Ryan, we talked about this being a, a three-phase game for Tennessee, a, a successful three-phase game for Tennessee. I think a lot of people look at Tennessee's offense and they know, right, what that brings to the table, the high power, the up-tempo. In fact, that's even what Brian Kelly led his press conference on Monday talking about, you know, Tennessee's offense, offense, offense. But when you look back at this game, what happened during those 60 minutes, 
it, it was all three phases of the game that were working together for Tennessee. Obviously, offense was able to do what they needed to do and score 40 points. But how about special teams getting that turnover? How about special teams and D. Williams, who is in his first play of the entire season for Tennessee, yeah. took back, I mean, not took back, but took down about a 50-yard punt return. So special teams really nice today. And then lastly, defense. We'll, we'll get into the defense here in a more in a bit, but they were really productive and especially in getting to the quarterback, getting pressure on the quarterback. I, I thought all three phases of the game were impressive today to me. They were, and special teams especially because Tennessee has been, I wouldn't say they've been bad there this year. They've just been a little lackadaisical at times and they were really good tonight. I mean, you mentioned the two plays early. I thought Chase McGrath had a good night. He booted through four field goals that were short. He obviously missed a 50-yarder uh, off the upright. Is uh, you know, obviously that he missed a kick. It doesn't matter. But again, he's his his power, his distance, his range does seem to be better this year. Yeah. I mean, he had plenty of leg on that kick too. It, it hit pretty high up on the upright. And really, the what felt like the lone special teams mistake of the game was when Tennessee was afraid of the LSU. Uh, onside kicking after they scored a touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Holiday kind of had to go back to try to catch the ball. Dropped it, went through his hands into the end zone. He picked it up, uh, returned it out, and then he got a block in the back. They had to start on their four-yard line. And then one of the unsung, I thought, really big plays in the game came right after that. I think the second play on that drive, Jabari Small breaks a 50-yard run. Got Tennessee out from uh, its own end zone, and it started what was an eight-minute field goal drive to drain the clock and Basically, it ended the game. The game might have been over at that point, but I guess if you go back and look at what happened in the Florida game, you'd probably say it wasn't over at that point, and Tennessee really iced the game on that drive. They made it a four-possession game. They ran eight minutes off the clock, and they, they made sure they were going to leave Death Valley with a win. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Chase McGrath was, was nasty in this game, but, Ron, I want to go over to the defense for a second because I want to give you credit for something that you said to me during the game uh, and really looking at these stats, looking at the final stats from the game, Tennessee's defense had five sacks and nine tackle for losses. Compare that to LSU, who had zero sacks and only two tackle for losses. I think, you know, first and foremost, we can we can talk about the offensive line and the way that they were able to kind of piece themselves together with the injuries and Gerald Mincy being out. But really from a defensive stance, man, I, I thought Tennessee did a really effective job at putting pressure on the quarterback. And, and to go back to my point, giving credit to you, you kind of made a great point. You said, hey, this isn't just Tennessee getting one guy to the quarterback each time. This is when Tennessee gets one of these five sacks, it is a swarm of people around. It is two, maybe even three guys making that tackle. Tennessee's Tennessee's line just did a great job of, of penetrating LSU's offensive line, getting to the quarterback, and making Jaden Daniels uncomfortable. They did, and they, they made LSU one-dimensional. I mean, they completely took away... Took away the run. They took away the run game, and that's kind of... We've seen that be a strength of this Tennessee team out of the law, outside of the long run Pittsburgh had for a touchdown earlier in that game. Tennessee holds LSU to 28 yards... Or, excuse me, 55 yards on 28 carries. That was 27 for 45 before Jaden Daniels scrambled for 10 yards uh, on the last drive of the game. And if you look just at their three running backs that played... 17 yards in yep. total. 17 yards on 12 carries. I mean, it was dominant. Tennessee it was. Tennessee made a team that struggles to throw the ball one-dimensional. And, you know, Jane Daniels, he does in the game with 300 yards. And, and I wouldn't say Tennessee completely stifled him. But it wasn't like the Florida game where Anthony Richardson really had a, had a big game. Uh, Daniels, they made him earn everything he got. And they made him uncomfortable. You're right. A, a lot of sacks, a lot of pressure. And Daniels just didn't really, I think a lot of it probably is his skill set, just didn't look comfortable uh, a lot in this game. And uh, you're right, Tennessee Tennessee dominated on the line of scrimmage, really on both sides of the ball. And to me, that was probably the biggest story of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Any other kind of thoughts on the on the defensive side of the ball? I think By Byron Young, he's 
statistically at least, he's had a disappointing season to this point. Being first team preseason uh, all SEC guy, he was great tonight. He ended with five tackles, two and a half sacks. I think all of those two and a half sacks came on five different plays where he got a half sack. He just seemed to be in the backfield. <laughs> he just seemed to be in the backfield really frequently. And Jaden Daniels was having to stray away from him a lot. And uh, he had a big game. I, I think you're continuing to see Tennessee trust some of its freshman defenders a little bit more. Tyree West got some run. Josh Joseph had a sack yep. in the first half. So just a really strong day for the defense. And I will say, I think Aaron Beasley continues to play like Tennessee's best linebacker. He led the team in, in tackles and had, I believe, maybe two tackles for a loss as well. So uh, a complete performance. And, uh, you know, I think... Maybe my lasting takeaway from the game, again, it's just the way Tennessee just completely shut down LSU's running game. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable to think about, you know, especially knowing that that was something that they were going to try to do coming into this game. We we knew that, you know, their their passing game had a little bit of troubles, and they were trying to get guys like uh, Kayshawn Booty the ball more. They were trying to get, you know, Mason Taylor maybe a little bit... um, maybe work him a little bit less in the offense or whatever it was. They were really trying to figure out that passing game. We felt like the running game was going to be important for them coming in. And again, like you said, Tennessee just shut that down. Moving to the other side of the ball, though, how about Brew McCoy? And the the game he had and the just the – what's the word I'm looking for? The stretch that he has had since Cedric Tillman's injury – Man, this guy looks like a top-level SEC receiver and very important for Tennessee. Yeah, he really does. And that's where we we talked about it when Cedric Tillman went down. That It works out well for him that Brew McCoy is physically, he's the exact same same build as Tillman. I think Tillman may have an inch on him, but big, strong, physical receivers. And I think you've seen him shoulder a lot of the load that Tennessee tries to go to in the intermediate passing game to Tillman. That's kind of where they've looked, and he's been really good. He's physical running the ball, uh, made a couple nice plays after the catch today. And he just a really really nice performance. I mean, it was, you look at the numbers. It was a Cedric Tillman performance. Seven catches it was. for 140 yards. He gets eight eight targets and 70 yards out of his 140. It came after a catch. So he was really good. And really, it wasn't an explosive day for Tennessee's passing attack. They hit some explosive plays, uh, but it wasn't a day where they were just throwing the ball around the yard. But uh, I thought Brew McCoy, like you said, had, had a really strong performance. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, you look at Tennessee's receivers, and I thought each one of them brought something a little bit different to the table. Jalen Hyatt had two touchdowns on the game and four receptions for just 63 yards, but still, those two touchdowns were incredibly important. I think you can tell that Hooker likes to find Hyatt in the end zone. It seems like Hyatt's route, so whatever they may be, just do a good job of kind of getting him open in that area. Hooker seems to be able to find him there. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best deep ball threat uh, on this Tennessee offense, and you know, I think that might have been the play or the stretch of the game. You come out of the second quarter, Tennessee's uh, up at that time, I believe, 13-0. LSU uh, has it third and one uh, right around midfield. They try to get fancy. They're on a play-action pass. Max Protect looking for deep shots. Tennessee has it well covered. Daniels has to throw it out of bounds. They go for it on fourth down. Tennessee absolutely stuffs them for a loss. Next play, quick turnaround. Tennessee decides to take a shot in, in just a, a great high and beat his man and then a beautiful throw by Hendon Hooker right in stride uh, to put Tennessee up 20 nothing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something that we talked about a little bit on the RTI Instant Reaction video, again, on YouTube, was the balance that Tennessee's offense had. We, we look at Hendon Hooker, he had 239 yards through the air. Tennessee rushing had 263 yards on the ground. Just a, a really good job uh, of playing their style of offense. And a lot of this game was played with the lead. I think sometimes we can see 
you know, teams who, who come out to a big lead at the beginning of the game. Tennessee had a 20 to nothing lead, uh, I think, just a, about a minute into that second quarter. Sometimes it gets a little wiry for them. Sometimes it gets a little hairy. But Tennessee was able to stick to their game plan, be balanced. And, and we really have been able to see in the last year and a half just how effective that is for this offense. I, I know that really any offense wants to be balanced, and that's a cliche to football almost. But you can really see how much that is benefiting <laughs> Tennessee. I think somebody talked about it. Uh, during one of the post-game player interviews, and he said, hey, yeah, we want to... It was Javari Small. He said, hey, we want to make that defense play the entire field. We don't want to just kind of give them the secondary knowing that we're going to pass. We don't want to give them uh, the inside of the field knowing that we're going to run. We want to keep them honest, and I felt like that was what Tennessee was able to do all week, or excuse me, all game, and that's going to be something that's going to be even that much more important when you play these top five teams coming up. It is, and I've, you know, we talked about the defensive line being so good. That was kind of the reverse of it. Tennessee's offensive line was really good. And that was my biggest question coming in this game is that LSU is talented up front. And they pass protected well. No sacks end up being on the stat sheet. Obviously the one blitz where they hit Hendon Hooker, he fumbled it behind the line of scrimmage. And Dylan Sampson made a great play to pick it up uh, and run for a couple of yards on the play. So uh, the offensive line was really good. They were able to consistently run the ball. And that's been a theme Really, I think where Tennessee's been better this season than they were last year. Last year, they struggled to line up and run the ball at teams in short yard situations when that was the obvious play call. They were they've been better really all throughout this season, and they were really good tonight at it. And it's just you don't have to look for any further than that uh, eight minute drive we talked about just a minute ago to kind of ice the game. Tennessee basically ran the ball I think on all but one play of that drive. They go uh, down the field, I believe about eighty yards to kick a field goal. And that's just that's big that's big boy football stuff uh, from Tennessee and certainly they weren't doing it against South Carolina they weren't doing it against Missouri they weren't doing it against Vanderbilt they did it against an LSU team that always has a lot of really talented guys in the front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt like they were very impressive. You know, and another area that I thought that they were really impressive in is the stats don't lie. Tennessee goes six of six in the red zone today. That. That right there is the kind of stat, the kind of consistency, the kind of confidence that you have to play with when you're moving in to the second half of the schedule. Because just like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Tennessee is, in, is now in the middle of a gauntlet stretch where they do have four top 25 teams, and I think in five games. Man, red zone efficiency is going to be so important. We know that Tennessee's defense against some of these other teams, they're going to let up some points. You know, that kind of bend but don't break defense that Tennessee has kind of uh, really claimed in the last year and a half or so. We know how important it's going to be. So just for the fact for Tennessee to be able to come out of this week, right, have that confidence, be able to just know what they're doing in the red zone, I, I, I take that as a big takeaway. And uh, a big thing we're going to think about when kind of assessing these games coming up is just knowing that, hey, Tennessee can get in the red zone and, and they can be very, very efficient, just like we talked about earlier. Just in case the, the traditional offense doesn't work, they got a pretty darn good kicker who can boot it in for three. Yeah, and I think that's another area where Tennessee in the run game. They've been really good running the ball in the red zone this year. Where it's, that's where it gets a lot harder uh, to play offense and a lot harder to throw the ball with the field shrinking down, and that in turn makes it easier to defend the run because you can put more guys in the box. So uh, I think, again, uh, that's really impressive. And, you know, one stat I think huge in the game and especially impressive after the Florida game uh, Tennessee three for three on fourth downs, LSU over three on fourth downs. And That's what I was looking at too just now. Yeah, and those three fourth downs all in the first half for LSU, and they were all huge plays early in the game. I believe with Tennessee up ten nothing, 
Uh, LSU goes for it down in Tennessee's red zone. They try to get Kayshawn Booty on a little flare route. He gets he trips over the offensive tackle. He gets back up. They throw it to him, but he's just about half a yard short. Uh, we had the play we mentioned there a second ago where Tennessee hits the shot to Jalen Hyatt, and then whew, a bad coaching decision by Brian Kelly, who decided to go for it on fourth and ten in midfield with about 30 seconds left in the half. Tennessee brought the blitz to Blitz got home quickly. Uh, not only did that play not take very long to leave more time on the clock for Tennessee, it ended up being a loss where Tennessee had better field position and was able uh, to end up getting a field goal on that drive after Hooker found Brew McCoy for a pretty big play into the LSU red zone. So Tennessee's defense, it just seemed like they made the timely plays that they really didn't uh, two weeks ago against Florida. Speaking of, Brian Kelly kind of calling himself out there on the broadcast at halftime. I, I, I don't know exactly what he said or kind of what the context was, but... Uh, we'd heard that he, he plainly admitted, he said, we're getting out coached uh, as he was going in and taking his team into the locker room. So that is certainly a, a very fascinating development. All right, so just kind of wrapping things up again one more time. Hinden Hooker, 17-27 for 239 yards and two touchdowns. He also adds 56 yards on the ground. Tennessee on the ground, though, 263 yards and two touchdowns in total. And then Tennessee had six receivers with a catch today. Uh, looks like Jabari Small and Squirrel White had one. You had Princeton fan Ramel Keaton who added in two. Jalen Hyatt with four, and Brew McCoy with seven. Those are just a couple of the stats to wrap things up. But speaking of wrapping up, Ryan, just kind of any final takeaways from the game today? Yeah, one thing I would say, I found the stat after we recorded the podcast in the week, so I wrote about it. We didn't we didn't discuss it on the previewing the game. Tennessee now, or excuse me, Josh Heupel now in his head coaching career, seven and one. Coming off open dates, his offense is averaging 44 points per game. Uh, I think you saw that again, where Tennessee had a really good plan coming in offensively, uh, attacked LSU well, scores 40 points. Probably would have been more if the game was more competitive. Uh, they could kind of they played, they went slow, and they they ran a lot of clock in, in the second half. So, uh, really impressive. And uh, I think I guess that would maybe be my one other takeaway too. I think coming into the season. We knew Tennessee's offense could be really good when it went fast. We knew it could be explosive. There were still question marks about what can, can Tennessee do when they need to slow it down, when they need to have a four-minute offense drive. They've been Again, they've been good this season. Uh, I think they had a good one touchdown drive when they went up by three scores against Florida in the second half, and, and then a couple, even the, not even the eight-minute scoring drive, but one of the other drives in the second half uh, where I believe the one where Jabari Small scored a touchdown. Tennessee's just... They were running the clock down to below five every time on the play clock, but they weren't playing with speed. It was clear that uh, there was an emphasis to run clock, and they're still really effective in that drive. So uh, I think you're seeing that this Tennessee offense is more than just kind of a one-trick pony uh, with the tempo. Yeah, I absolutely think so too. All right, Ryan, we are wrapping things up again. Number eight, Tennessee takes a 40-13 to victory over number 25, LSU, here in Death Valley. Ryan, just before we wrap up, I guess, any kind of thoughts on... Tiger Stadium, Baton Rouge, Death Valley, the whole thing. Yeah. We've seen a, we've seen a pretty good amount since uh, we got in Friday afternoon. Yeah, we have. I mean, it's. I thought it was impressively loud early, you know, early before the game and pregame. Obviously, they got yeah. uh, punched in the face on the first play of the game. And then in that, that aspect, when LSU scored a touchdown to cut Tennessee's lead to 20 to 7 and then got a stop, uh, it got really loud then, too. So uh, the crowd, I was impressed with how loud it got in the small spurts when things went well for LSU, but we certainly didn't get the full Death Valley experience. 11 a.m. kickoff yeah. for one and then for two, a game where the Tigers certainly did not come to play and there was not a whole lot for the home fans to cheer about. Yeah. But a, a beautiful stadium. One, uh, I'm happy to, to check off the, the bucket list. Yes, I am too. That's that's kind of one of the things I think about. We're, we're sitting here in one of the... Uh 
one of the press boxes of sorts, just kind of overlooking a, a completely empty Tiger Stadium, and it is pretty cool. We've met some great people this weekend, some some extremely nice hospitality. Uh, you know, special thanks to the people that we've been staying with. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been a fantastic trip, and obviously Tennessee gets the win to take home with them. So and maybe that makes our uh, our ten hour drive a little bit easier tomorrow, huh? A little bit, at least. A little bit, right? Yeah. We got some NFL on. Yeah, well, we can hit that on the the serious X, the radio, right? We can do all that. Yeah, we all get to listen to Mike Keith, which is always an absolute pleasure. So, uh, someone tells me that the Tennessee Titans' offense won't be nearly as pretty as the Tennessee Vols' offense was today in Baton Rouge. But <laughs> hey, that's that's Tennessee Titans football for you. There you go. Hey, and that right there is Tennessee Volunteers football, the forty to thirteen victory over LSU here in Baton Rouge. Tennessee moves to five and zero on the season so far. And, boy, oh boy, coming up next is going to be the number one team in the land, Alabama. They're coming in Saturday afternoon, I believe, what is that, 3.30 p.m. in Knoxville? Yeah, 3.30 p.m. All right, so that'll be 3.30 Eastern time in Knoxville. Hey, we're going to get back to Knoxville tomorrow, and then we will have you covered tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of the week with all of the Tennessee Volunteers news, notes, and coverage that you could want. Make sure you're following along on all the different social media platforms. We have at Rocky Top Insider on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, I said Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We have them all there, so make sure you go going and follow Rocky Top Insider. We are bringing you absolutely everything there is to from these games. If you want to follow Ryan, you can do that at rshump00. If you want to follow myself, you can do that at rick underscore butler. But otherwise, man, we're going to go up and uh, finish a little bit of work here tonight. Finish a little bit of, or just finish wrapping up a little bit of this game, and then we will be on the road tomorrow back in Knoxville Sunday night getting ready for Alabama week come Monday for Josh Heupel's press conference. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show today. Go ahead and drop a rating for us. We would absolutely love that. We would be very appreciative if you would do that. And make sure to be subscribing to the show. And, hey, why not? Why not? Why not? Share share it to a friend. Who knows? Why not? Why not? Hey, it's a fun day here in Baton Rouge. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass.